All right. Well, hey, everybody. It's good to be back up here with you. Lucas did an amazing job last week. Let's hear it for Lucas. And then next week, you guys, uh, you guys get a treat. Also, the founding pastor, Barry Long, is going to be sharing next Sunday. So for some of you OGs or some of you new Gs, Barry's awesome, so he'll be sharing next week. So, hey, before we get started, um, does anyone have a testimony or a story, something you want to share that happened, uh, like in your house group this week? Either in the house group, maybe an outreach you did, or something that just happened, or maybe, an, uh, maybe you invited someone. Anyone got something to share? This glare is a lot, especially off my head, so if you have your hand up, put it like way up. There we go. Susan's got a story to share. Hold on one second, Chris has got a microphone for you. We've been praying for Janice since November. She was in the hospital almost three months, and she is back at church today. Amen. Thank you, Susan. And that's cool. That's one of like the, the cool things about the power of a house group, too, is if you look around, there's lots of people in this room, and when the kids are in here, there's even more. And it's like, we need lots of people doing the work of the ministry, like the fivefold stuff, right? Like the apostolic, the evangelistic, the teaching, the pastoring, like the prophetic. And in a house group, that stuff can happen. So there can be a lot of extra touches, a lot of ministry, a lot of pastoring, and a lot of the needs of just the vigilance of prayer and so that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And so glad you're back, Janice. So well, I'm going to pray. Jesus, I just invite you to come today. I pray that you would move, that Lord, that, um, Lord, you just move in spite, of, in spite of me. You would move in spite of us, Lord. Just all the stuff we're carrying in here today, Lord, sometimes just can feel like we're towing a truckload in here. <clears throat> and I just pray that you would just pour water on our souls. May we're coming in here with a bounce on our step, Lord. I pray that we could even just bounce more walking out of here, Lord. I just pray that today that you would uh, fill the environment with your presence in a powerful and tangible and memorable way. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, amen. So, so let me ask you a question. We are in week, um, we're in week three of our Jesus Everything series. And do you ever wonder why you think or talk the way you do? Do you just have patterns of thinking that you're just kind of stuck in and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. Maybe like, maybe you're in the place where, man, long time ago, I didn't used to be like this. Long time ago, I really, there was just something different. Maybe I was more positive or I was more kind or less jaded. Anyone as you're getting older, like just, it's easy to feel jaded or crotchety or kind of negative or frustrated. Like, I'm not that old, but I'm definitely getting older. And I just like notice sometimes like I can just be a wet blanket. And, 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 I, and I wanna know why do I think the way I do? And sometimes I wanna think differently, but I don't even know how to. I wanna talk differently, but it's like every time I try, the words don't come out right. I mean, my family of origin has so much just garbage and busted patterns on both sides. I mean, it's amazing that I'm even functioning half the time. And I don't know if that's you. And I, and I, and I say that and it sounds funny, but like if you met my family, you'd be like, yeah. You know, and it's like, so I don't know if that's you at all. We're today, um, just want to talk about like what, what it would look like if we had more Jesus, if Jesus consumed our thoughts, if Jesus consumed our words, the way we thought, the way we talked, the way we acted was differently. 
Because there's times, even as, as like a mature believer, I've been walking with Jesus for over 30 years where there's just times where I just um, have felt pretty inept and pretty um, underwhelming probably to the people that were around me. Anyone ever heard the thing sticks and stones? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. Is that just a big pile or what? Because I've been hit with some sticks and some stones, and those don't still hurt me the way some of the things that have been said to me do, or affect the, the ways that I talk to other people, or the way I think about myself. Like, I remember when we were growing up, me and my best friends, we were ruthless. Like, guys are merciless. Like, we would just endlessly rib each other about, like, our six pack or lack thereof or being fat or our noses or our teeth or whatever. And it's like, I thought it was so funny when I was a kid, but like, I just walk around wearing these badges, like ways I talk about myself in ways I think about myself. Cause we were just like merciless. We would just roast each other nonstop. And you know, it was fun in games, but that stuff sticks with you. It stays with you. I mean, language is really important. And you've heard us say before, language defines culture. That's not something, something we've made up. Anthropologists would tell you this. Like language really defines any culture. You go to any culture in the world and one of the most defining points are the language. It's really a lot of times the stuff that defines us is the stuff that comes out of our mouth and the stuff that goes into our mouths, right? how we talk and what we eat are kind of the, the defining things of a culture. And those are a lot of the things, if you look at the relics and, and the things that I think that we really can deal with, and it's like, it defines us the way we speak, how we speak, the stories we tell, the history that we hang on to and what we share and what we pass on. It can have enormous effects on people. It can have enormous effects on generations and scores of people the way a culture talks, or the way a culture writes, or the things a culture shares. And I think that if we're really honest, a lot of times our thinking and our speaking um, may add more stress to our lives and to others than we realize. Like I actually remember a couple years ago, I had to turn off the news. I had to turn off the news. I just couldn't like, I was just felt, every time I'd get off it, I was just ticked off. I just like wanted to go fight someone or burn something or go like, you know, like, we're not gonna take it. Like, you know, stand on an army tank with my shirt off, like Rambo, you know, and just go start mowing people down. They're not coming, you know, for me. And it's like, it was, I just remember all the negative talk was just like, it was too much. And, uh, there's some pretty new research that I saw. It came out last summer that shows that potentially 95% of illnesses are sh- stress-related. And I've, 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 I've like in the last couple of years, I've got a stress, uh, stress-related um, like autoimmune illness, lichen planus. It affects my tongue. It affects my tongue, literally. So there's times like when I can wake up in the morning and just breathe and it feels like the first thing that's going to my mouth is not air, but razor blades. So my tongue a lot of times is on fire. Like I can drink water and my tongue at times when I'm really stressed out can hurt. It's, it's, it's horrible, it's horrible. And, and it's interesting that like I make a living with my tongue 
and like one of the most stressful, painful things in my life is my tongue. And I think it's tantamount to maybe some other things in my life, the stress and pain that I've probably caused with my bad thinking and my bad talking and things that I've done in my life. And it's a constant, constant reminder physically that I've got that like I need Jesus. I need him in everything. Literally, sometimes even the air I breathe, I'm like, Jesus, will you just help me? Like it hurts, it hurts to breathe. And that's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling, and I'm not like saying that to like, oh, Ryan, but I'm just saying like, but it's, it, it's reminding me more and more like this pain, this side issue that I've got of my need for Jesus. Because there's days when I get up here and my tongue hurts so bad, it hurts to talk. And I'm like, Jesus, I just need you. I need you to talk to me, through me. I need you to take this pain away. And um, you know, like autoimmune conditions are generally caused by stress either stress from your environment or stress from the inside. You know what I mean? It's just generally, it's stress-related, uh, and it's very stress-triggered. There was a book that came out, came out years ago by a guy in 1952, Norman Vincent Peale. Anyone ever heard of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking? That was a landmark book, uh, kind of a huge thing, was very... It's so famous that here we are 70 years later and most of you have heard of it. And Norman Vincent Peale wrote this great book. And I'm not saying it's all great because some of it's garbage, but there's some good stuff in it. And one of the things that he said, we're beginning to comprehend a basic truth hitherto, I love the word hitherto, neglected that our physical condition is determined very largely by our emotional condition. And our emotional life is profoundly regulated by our thought life. And, and, and the basic premise of this book is, and I think in, in, in general is, is like kind of like the weedy thing, like you are what you eat. As, as we talk and as we think, that really can determine the course of our lives. It really can. It really can. And so, and, and I even notice, like in my life, when I'm feeling stressed and when I'm feeling just down, like I just can be nasty and whiny and crabby and just full of carnality. And it doesn't bring God any praise or it doesn't bless other people and it really doesn't help me either. Anyone ever like have a bad day and you're not feeling good and someone asks you what's wrong, it's like, I don't feel good. It's like somehow I'm entitled because of how I feel to treat people however I want. I mean, we're all great at this, I think, aren't we? Like, especially with those that are closest to us, we just feel like I can yell at my kids because I'm having a bad day or I can tee off on my spouse, or I can be a jerk to my friends because I'm having a bad day, I'm entitled. But the basic truth is, is like Jesus everything means Jesus everything. That Jesus, the king of the universe, wants every word, wants every thought, wants every action every reaction to come under the jurisdiction and the filtration of the Holy Spirit. In Proverbs 23, verse seven, seven, it says, as a man thinks, so he is. See, there's a lot of times, anyone ever think about stuff you're not proud of? Anyone ever think about stuff that you just can't stop thinking about, but you wanna think about anything but that? And it's like, and it's not surprising that if we never get a hold of that, that weeks, months, years down the road, that we start becoming that thing. 
Maybe it's an obsession. Maybe it's a nightmare. Maybe it's a lust. Maybe it's a fatal attraction. Maybe it just started off that one time when your spouse said something to you and you just kind of murmur under your breath like, I hate you. And here you are years down the road and you just hate them. Or maybe those, those like agreements like you made when people, things that were said to you like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'll never add up, I'll never become, or I can't, or you won't, or every, every person that's of that race is like this. Every person of the opposite sex is like that. That we just become these thoughts because as a person thinks, so they are. And it says also in Luke that it says the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, not, so because of who we, what we think about, we start to talk about. And from our heart, we start to express the things that deeply reside in the recesses of our souls. There's power in our thinking. There's power in our talking. There's power in our actions and they're intertwined. See, because there's, there's no Christian life and then work life and then softball team life or knitting club life or gun club life or sports club life or inner life or thought life. There's nothing that is separated from the view of God. God sees everything and we can't compartmentalize our lives. Because as we talked about last year, like the church of Laodicea, that the lukewarm and the cold get the same treatment. It was only the church that burned on fire. Because if you put something in a fire, eventually you don't have a chair, you don't have a speaker, you don't have like a piano. What you start just getting is everything becomes consumed by the fire. And if our life is hidden in Christ, Hebrews 12, 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. And so there's this thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do where he wants to burn off every part of our life that hasn't surrendered or yielded yet to his presence. And he's not gonna dial up the fire on us on purpose or against our will, he's not. He'll just step aside and he'll take his fire elsewhere. He'll take his fire to another heart, to another life, to another church, to another mind that wants to receive the fullness of what he's giving because he won't share his glory with another. And so this Jesus in my mind, this Jesus in my thinking, I think of the many stresses in my life that could be alleviated and transformed if I would just let that fire touch that thing. If I would just let that fire burn and consume me, if I would let Jesus have that nightmare, if I would let Jesus have that fear or that lust or that hatred or that racial thing or that doubt. Anyone, maybe you just struggle with... Um, confidence. And sometimes we think it's really humble. We think it's really humble to be unconfident. See, because it's not humble, being humble is never, is never thinking about ourselves wrongly. It's just not thinking about ourselves to the point where we're thinking about Jesus. The most humble thing you can ever do is to agree with Jesus and let him have his way in your life. And so even though you, we start realizing, God, I can't. But that's not an unconfident statement. That's, a, that's, that's axiomatic. That's a truth. I cannot do anything in this life that is lasting or pleasing apart from your will. 
I can't act in my flesh, I can't think in my mind, I can't behave good enough, I can't talk good enough to ever please you aside from letting the Holy Spirit hit me and wash over me and move through me. So it's totally different. It's like, I know I can't, but I know you can. So I'm gonna shift my my unconfidence in me and all my failure and all my baggage and all the areas that I've just dropped it. And I'm gonna start saying, Jesus, like I know my tongue is on fire, but I'm gonna ask you to touch it with a different kind. And I'm gonna ask you to use it instead of how I feel. Because I wanna die daily, Lord, and I want you to use everything I have for your glory. That's totally different, like, oh, I suck, I can't do it, okay, poo. You know, it's totally different than that. It's like, yeah, Jesus, like, I know. Like, I know when I come to your cup and come to your table, like, I know I've blown it again. I know I don't have what it takes, but I know you do. And I know that irrespective of all that, somehow you wanna partner with me in everything down to the last atom of my thinking, of my speaking, of my acting, of my breathing, of my living. You want all of it, and you wanna use all of it for your glory, because you don't want anything wasted. I had a conversation a couple, uh, about a, a little over a month ago with, with a friend of mine from here, and she, she brought something to me that I said that really hurt her. And you know what the worst part was? that it was such a stupid joke, I didn't even remember saying it. I'm like, what a waste. What a waste, like how, how much was I wasting words to the point where I just made some idiotic comment apparently and I didn't even remember it but it's been hurting her for months. All because I just was more concerned with being funny or being quippy than I was honoring her or honoring Jesus. The power of our words, as we think, so we are. And really, as, as I talked to her, so I was becoming. Because she, was, she, she had this, this thing that I said that hurt her, and it's, start, it's easy to start filtering stuff from a lens. Like friends, flippant conversations, just cursing or yelling or being bombastic every time you get pissed or hurt or offended. It, it does not bring Jesus any glory to puke that out on people every time. Like, people do not, do you know people don't need to know how you feel very much? Do you know it's not that essential that everyone around you, that being true to yourself, like, listen, that is garbage. Be true to Jesus. Because I, I'm a lie apart from him. So let's, let's live in true lies. I'm gonna be true to me. Dude, half the time, like I said, my head's a bag of cats. Like, honestly, sometimes I don't know this from this, and so, but I want to be true to that. No, the thing that, that I want to be truthful is I want to speak the truth in love, and I just want to lay my life plain before Jesus so his truth can always move, it can always be, like, come to me and move through me. People don't always need to know what I'm thinking. People don't need to know what I'm feeling. Like I grew up in a Jewish family and we're demonstrative and we wear our emotions on our sleeve and we're loud talkers and our hands and you're probably like, what is this guy doing? He's like, you know, like rocking the caspa up here half the time. And it's like, but we're demonstrative. And, and, but it's like, but like, that doesn't please Jesus for people to know everything that I'm thinking and feeling all the time. Just a, a lot of times it can just hurt people. And just like my friend from here, I just said something funny, something silly and bam, it hurt her. Jesus wants everything. Like it says, Luke 6, 45, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. David Ibiomi, uh, 
a pastor in Africa says, your imagination sets the, pay, sets the pace of your destination. And another African pastor, Joshua Selman, uh, Joshua Selman, uh, uh, what was his last name, Namak, says, when your mind is in bondage, your life is in bondage. If your mind does not change, your life cannot change. Do you know being stubborn is not necessarily a gift of the Spirit or a fruit of the Spirit? Like, I'm stubborn. I'm gonna, you know, roll my sleeves up and just get her done. I'm stubborn. That's called pride in a lot of ways. That's being, I don't want to change. I don't want to listen. I don't really care what anyone else thinks. And now there's a part of that, like in the kingdom, that we need once God's speaking to us, that we need that kind of drive. But there's a lot of us, aren't we stubborn about things that aren't very full of the kingdom? That we're not very full of like, the, like that same drive and the things that Jesus is calling us to? And many of us cannot move into the lives we were recreated for or even past certain situations because we haven't allowed Jesus to be the central focus of our minds. We remain powerless because of thoughts implanted, curses spoken, and just poor or sloppy habits that we have in, breaking, in just breaking agreement with those things. Stinking thinking can clog the drains in our lives. And Jesus wants to set us free from a lot of the thinking of our minds. Maybe you've got a hurt, a habit, or, or else a hang-up, like they talk about in CR, Celebrate, uh, uh, celebrate Recovery, that a hurt, a habit, or hang-up. Maybe you've got an addiction that if you're honest, you can't break free from it. Maybe you're like, I'm a perfectionist, or I'm a cleanaholic, or I'm a this or a that, or just maybe there's things that you can't get past, no matter when you walk into some, like you can't get your mind off of it. Like, Jesus wants to set us free from that. Like, he says, I want to be everything in that too. Like, let me have that and watch what I do. Let me have that thing that you haven't been able to get away from, that you haven't been able to move past and watch what I do. Because all the things that we really possess in this life, like, there's really nothing more important than our mind, is there? Anyone got a family member with Alzheimer's, dementia, something like that, it's a growing epidemic. I've watched in the last, last several years my grandma. My grandma was one of the sharpest ladies that I've known. I mean, she's brilliant, smart, just so with it, and just almost overnight in the last couple years, like last four or five years, like she's just not my grandma anymore. She can't even live at home anymore. She's just lost her mind. She's losing her mind literally. Alzheimer's is just taking away my grandma's mind. And it's, it's sad. And it gets sad because like, when you talk to her and she doesn't know who you are, or she doesn't know how many kids she has, or she doesn't know where she just was five seconds beforehand. One of the most important things we have is our mind. Like does anyone in here like wish that you knew what you know now when you were younger and all the pain you could have saved yourself? Even if you're not that old, even if you're not that old, like don't, there's some things that you're like, man, if I could just go back and I could have that one. But time won't let you go, right? Time won't let you go. Life won't let you go. And there's a lot of times, man, where I'm just like, like, like I'll watch my son, you know, he's 
you know, strapping and ripped and strong and stuff like that. And I'm like, if I had what I know at 45 that I had at the body at 17, his, his body is better than mine was. Mine was pretty good, but his is better. But it's like, I'll give that to you. But, uh, but if I could put my mind on his body, wouldn't that be something else? Like anyone else wish you could do that? Just go back to when, like, you were like, oh, like, I, like everyone kind of thinks that they're worse than they are, but then you're like 40, 50 years old, and you're like, oh, man, like, what I wouldn't do to be, like, have that high school physique again, or, like, metabolism, right, at least. And, and it's like, because our minds matter so much. That's the thing that stays with us. So, friends, it's important that we give Jesus our thinking. Because wherever you are on the journey, whether you're in that prime of life physically or you're like, man, I got some cobwebs up here now and, you know, it's not quite what it once was. Whatever it is, like Jesus wants to come into our minds and transform us where we are. Because I can tell you, young people, if you let Jesus have your mind and your thinking and your speaking now, you'll have a lot less regrets when you're my age than I do. Because I wouldn't yield to it. I wouldn't listen to it. And, 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 and Jesus wants it all, and not because he's selfish, because it's the only way it functions properly is when we let Jesus have it all. Charles Swindoll said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact and attitude on life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, the education, the money, the circumstances, than failure, than successes, or what other people think say or do. It's more important than appearances, than giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home, or an individual. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have, and that's our attitude. He says, I'm convinced that life is only 10% what happens to me and 90% how I, how I uh, respond to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Our attitudes are what come from our mind and the manifestation of what our attitude really is is what we say and how we say it. That's proof positive of what's really in our heart. And it's not just about think before we speak, which would help us all. But how much more powerful could our lives be if we thought of Jesus before we spoke? How much more powerful could our lives be if we thought of Jesus before we responded? With a look. Like, there's some people that have RBF really bad and you're not even aware of it. Like, you just look mad all the time. Or you look ticked off all the time. Or you look ready to roll. Anytime someone looks at you, they like shiver because they just think you want to cave their head in. It's like... That, that's, not what the, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. If you're that person, you are not walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God and his plan for your life. And there's times where I have moments where it's like, Daddy, you look mad. It's like, I'm not. But man, I don't want to look mad. I don't want to be like Bruce Banner. That's my secret cap. Like, I'm always angry. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have righteous anger all the time. I want to leave that to Jesus and let his love and power flow through me. And then the times when I do get angry, I'll probably respond better. You don't have to be mad. you know that? You don't have to live with anger. You don't have to be wound up ball of stress your entire life. You don't have to. Jesus paid it all. There's more in him than just that. So if you're negative, worried, impatient, cruel, hostile, 
Debbie Downer, self-promoting, arrogant, rude, indifferent, sarcastic. You tell white lies or you give people false flattery to get what you want or you flirt with people often that aren't your spouse. Or even if you're not married, if you're always flirting with people and you don't have, or maybe you have to have the last word. You might be thinking, ouch, that's broad stroke, broad stroke there. None of that stuff, all that stuff is, is the work of the flesh. And there's only one way to change it. It's to let the power of Jesus flow in our lives. It's to let the power of Jesus grip us and overcome that power that compels us to think, act, to believe, and behave certain ways. It takes power to break power. Jesus talks about, he says, hey, unless someone goes in the house of a strong man and ties him up, like that guy's never gonna be disarmed. Well, there's a strong man and there's this enemy. That's who Jesus is talking about. But Jesus is like, I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm more powerful. I'm more capable. That's why we yield our lives to him. It's not because he's some God that's always flexing. He's not always flexing and he doesn't walk into a room always acting like, like he's like the man. He doesn't. He actually walked into this earth, the most humble, gentle, meek human being that ever lived, but he wielded a power that was greater than anything that anyone ever could have imagined or that anyone ever has. And he says, that same power that flows through me is gonna flow through you and you'll do even greater stuff if you'll just let me have your life. But you gotta believe differently. You gotta think differently. You gotta talk differently. Because he says the kingdom of heaven is not just a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. And a lot of us don't talk differently because we're not tapped into the power that can help us talk, think, and act, and live differently. So how do we invite Jesus into this? Because he's the standard. And so we talk about Jesus ad nauseum because it's about him. It's about him. We're obsessed with him around here. He's our magnificent He's our magnificent obsession, as people at the IHOP say. We love him. We've fallen in love. We love King Jesus. We love Lord Jesus. We love the Son of God, Jesus. And we want everything we do to center around Jesus. He's the standard at Vineyard Florence. So what is, what is it, though? Because I think that Jesus has so, do you know Jesus has so much peace available for you in your life? Do you know Jesus has so much purity? Maybe you are a filthy person. Maybe you're just lost in a battle against pornography and lust that you just can't get out of. Like, do you know Jesus has purity for you? Maybe you're just stuck with endless pain that you feel like you gotta self-medicate for or makes you crotchety. Do you know that there's so much peace with Jesus in spite of what you're dealing with? I can't promise you healing, but I can promise you peace if you'll tap into what Jesus has. Maybe you're just tired, nonstop. Well, Paul says, to this end I labor. He says, struggling with all of his strength that so mightily uh, works inside of me. Do you know that if you don't have strength, Jesus does? Maybe you just have a hard time even lifting your head some mornings. He has endless strength. There's no cap to what he has. He has power. And, and the, the word, word in the Greek for power is dunamis. Everyone say Dunamis. Say dunamis. That's where we get our word dynamite. We get our word dynamite from dunamis. Like the power of Jesus is like dynamite. Like you strap it on a cliff, a little thing like this, and the cliff is falling down. 
Do you know that the finger of God can drive out any problem in your life? This little touch of the dunamis can drive out the whole mountain of experience, the avalanche of pain, of grotesqueness, of bondage, just the little power of Jesus can drive that out. But we have to believe it if we wanna receive it because he doesn't force himself. And so the power of God is something that you might say, well, why don't I ever see it? Because I, I don't, it, like, like Jairus said, like heal my unbelief, help my unbelief. A lot of times it's our attitude, it's our believing that we need Jesus. And I'm not gonna go off on some like name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know, power of positive thinking and just like, hey, your best life now. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King and he's setting everything straight and we live in the kingdom age now and not yet and his jurisdiction has come and he wants it to come more and more through our lives. And so the power of God the finger of God that drives out demons can drive out every issue, every attitude, every struggle, every negative, broken, busted thing we've got. It's that powerful. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 10, three through five. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So we walk in this body we live in. We live in these bodies, these tents, these uh, kind of wasting away decaying tabernacles and we walk in them. But he says we don't war against these things. We don't have to puff it up more. We don't have to sit there with a clamp on our tongue. No, we, we, we don't war according to the flesh. We war according to the spirit and the spirit's more powerful than the flesh. And he says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or they're not of the flesh but they have divine power, dunamis, to destroy strongholds. Your thinking can be transformed like this if you just let Jesus have it. Your life, your body, your mind, your marriage can be transformed. And I'm not saying that everything's gonna be Pollyanna like the minute. It's like salvation. We get saved all at once and we get everything we need for God, uh, uh, godliness. We say yes to Jesus and receive the spirit. But then the rest of our lives, he spends sanctifying us, but he gives us that power. It's like all at once, one day at a time. He gives us what we need and in a minute, Jesus can change your life. So maybe you don't even know him today and you're like, I want my life to change. Well, you came to the right place. Let me just tell you that, yeah. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but we have divine power, dunamis, to destroy strongholds. Therefore, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to Jesus Christ. Do you know, like several years ago, I was engaged to a woman, not my wife. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that summer wound up being one of the hardest summers of my life because just in a moment, not long before we were supposed to get married, it all just came crashing down. There were friends involved and just all kinds of things involved and it was a disaster and I was broken. And my life was, it was just shattered. The one person that I, you know, that I thought I could trust, it just, didn't work out, and man, my mind was a battlefield. And I had only been a Christian at this point in time about seven years, and I remember someone told me this scripture. They said, for though we walk according to the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but rather they have divine power to destroy strongholds. So therefore we take, we destroy every argument and take every thought captive and you know, every, and 
And they said, why don't you, whenever you feel these thoughts of betrayal or that you gotta talk to or you gotta straighten this out, why don't you recite this? It was some of the best advice I ever got. I bet that summer I recited this scripture. I'm not gonna lie, I bet 10,000 times. I mean, there was times where literally I would recite it when I was trimming hedges or delivering pizzas or uh, mowing grass, my three jobs that summer. They were all kind of mindless, and I, and I would recite it, and then she'd pop back in, and I'd say, the weapons are a warfare, they aren't carnal, but rather they're powerful from demolishing strongholds, and so we take captive every thought, and make it obedient, and just like a perfunctory, like on a loop, like the infinity loop, when like Doctor Strange, like, you know, went to that one guy, he's like, you know, I've come to bargain, you know, it's like uh, over again, I'm like saying this thing, and, and God started changing my mind. He started changing my thoughts. He started changing my opinions about myself. He started changing the course of my life and the plan that I had. And I'm so grateful. Like God changed my life by reciting the scripture. Because you know why the scriptures are so important? Because we're talking about thinking today. The scriptures are Jesus' thoughts he wanted us to know about. So when we recite the word, that's why it's so important to read your Bible. Because when we recite this, when we get in here and we open this, you know, Psalm 119 says, like, the meditation of my heart, my words, like, let them be yours. Touch them, touch my heart, my mind, my body. Would you let my mind, Lord, it's just like over and over, it says, like, keep me from lying to myself and give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Maybe you lie a lot. Maybe you minimize a lot. Just say, Jesus, keep me from lying to myself. And I've hidden your word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. Like we say every week, go and sin less. Yes, I, I want you to sin less because you, me, we, we all sin a lot. But, like, but it says, I've hidden my, your word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. Because when we start to recite his words, we start thinking about things the way he does. This is his thoughts that he wants us to know on paper. So this is important. So if you want to think differently, you know, up your consumption of this. Listen to the Bible before you go to bed. Maybe you can't fall asleep, man. Listen, listen to, like, the Bible is read by Max McLean. Max has got a great voice. And you just plug it in, man, and, you, and you'll be out. You'll be out like a fat kid in dodgeball before you know it, just thinking of <laughs> heavenly things, not all the stuff that terrifies you. Seriously. But this thing saved my bacon. And Isaiah 26.3 says, you'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. With Jesus, everything, as we're wrapping up, up today, is what we want, is we wanna be a culture that brings honor to Jesus. And part of Jesus, everything, is like Lucas talked about last week, our waking and our resting, but it's our thinking and our speaking. And from the overflow of our, of our hearts, our, mind, our mouths speak. If you wanna think differently, talk differently, act differently, just start to get in league with the Spirit. And the Spirit, listen, the Spirit and the Word, they, they work hand in hand. You start walking and you start quoting of the Word and watch how the Spirit shows up. And he says, he says, actually, I'll send my Spirit to remind you of everything I've said to you. One of the reasons some of us are powerless still, that we have no dunamis, is we have no Word. Because we, we can't be reminded of something we've never read. You can't be reminded of something you've never listened to. So when we put this word, when we, hit it, when we hide his words in our heart, we stop, it's not just that we stop sinning, but we start to know his heart and we wanna think 
speak and act differently. It's not about behavior modification. It's about falling in love. Yeah. As my old boy John Hummel says, a lover will always outwork a worker. Jesus everything is about becoming lovers of God as dearly loved children. We wanna be great lovers of God around here. So as we're wrapping up today, I know that was a lot. I know it's a lot. But as you're thinking today, what do you need Jesus to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do in your thinking, in your speaking, in your acting? Where's ways that are broken? Because I'm sure, I'm sure there's something that's pressing on it today. Because the finger of God that drives out demons also gently starts pressing on our hearts and on our minds and on our memories and on our behavior. It just starts gently pressing on it. That's the way he wants to drive it out. Or maybe he's pressing kind of hard on it, saying, come on, bro, come on, sis. Maybe he's pressing harder. He wants to drive that thing out of you, not just make you feel like just terrible all the time. He wants, he's convicting to drive it out. Because he actually wants you to feel good about yourself in him, because he loves you. He's not wants to walk around like, we got a cosmic thunderbolt waiting to undo us all the time. He wants us to feel his love. But a lot of times we can't even feel his love because of the things we're stuck with, our behavior and our actions and our thinking. Barry Long, um, who's gonna share next week, he's, he's got a word that he felt like he's gonna share. And I've got a couple things I wanna share and we're gonna enter into a time of prayer. So do we have that microphone anywhere? Can someone run that up here? Like seriously run it up here? Like, there you go, Seth, run, do it, bam, bam, bam. All right, Barry, raise your hand, there we go. Look at Seth running. If I had that body still, there you go, hand that to Barry. Uh, hi. I was reading this text this morning, and uh, I felt like the Lord was speaking directly to me, but on the way to church today, I felt like the Spirit said, now, this is for a lot of people this morning. And if you're 50 or over, I think it's particularly for you. Because the enemy has lied to many of us and said, you're done. You're finished. You can't recover. Or you've accomplished everything I wanted you to accomplish, and now you can just coast. Here's what the Lord said to Joshua. Now, Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. I love that. He said, you're old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much of the land to take. And that's land within you, and that's land around you. You're not done. God's got power today for you. You think you've been set on the sideline, but God's really interested in you today. A lot of land to take inside and out. Amen. So maybe uh, you're one of those people that that's, that that's hitting pretty hard. Like you're like, ooh, that's me. Um, maybe you're someone who, something else we've said today, if we have our prayer teams come up. Also, uh, if you're like, I just don't even know who Jesus is, I'm realizing that, and I, I, want, I want what you're talking about. 
We want you to come up and get prayer. Can I get other people to, on prayer team to come on up? Because we'd like a lot of people to get prayer. Just come on down. Don't be shy. There we go. Um, and also, I got, a, I got a feeling when we were in worship, it, it, does someone have an injury under their pinky, kind of like right around here, it affects your pinky? If that's you, um, I feel like th- that there's healing for you today. And I don't know, is there like someone here in a race car shirt? If maybe it's not me. That's, I don't know. But I felt like if, if, if you're here in a race car shirt, do you have an issue of something by your nose? Or a race car hat, something? I just saw a race car and like, like a nose issue. And also, does someone have like a, maybe a diabetic issue that's affecting your leg that you need prayer for today? Um, if you do, just stand up. You don't have to like wait. Just, how about everyone stand up? We're gonna pray generally. And then we're gonna, um, and, and just, we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come and just, Holy Spirit, will you just move in this place? Will you move in this church? Will you move in people with various injuries, with issues that maybe think they're washed up, that maybe just have terrible uh, view of themselves, Lord, that doesn't align with your word? People who maybe have stuck cussing, talking profanely, talking about things that don't please you. Lord, whatever it is, would you just come, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you move in this church, every life, every mind, every tongue, every hand, everything, would you come, would you come, Lord Jesus? If you have sensitive teeth, maybe especially to cold, to the point of discomfort, I think uh, you should come up for prayer today. I've, I felt like that there was someone here. And if you have a left side of the head issue, and especially, I don't know if also too, if at night, if these things go together, if these are two separate people, if you, your thinking in the night just tends to get transformed like a werewolf. Almost like you go from all day, you're like Jesus, 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 and that night you're just horrified. I feel like God wants to touch you, so I don't know if that's the same person. But if there's a left side of the head issue, just come on down. If if I'm naming you, if you have the diabetic leg issue, or um, is someone feeling snake bitten in your life? Like you just feel really unlucky. You just feel like you were dealt the worst hand in life. I feel like God wants to touch your thinking today. And then also, is there someone who's struggling here um, who may be a lifelong struggle with being compared to a sibling that you felt was loved more than you? I feel like Jesus wants to um, show, show you his approval today. This is really weird. I don't, I don't know. I'm just gonna go with it. Is there like someone here who really misses a cat or a pet? I don't know if someone's had a pet die, that they're just like struggling with that. I just feel like Jesus wants to uh, minister to you in that today. So um, if we could just play some music over the speaker and just, um, just if you want prayer, just come on down. So um, Jesus, we just ask you to come.